Welcome everybody to After the Week. We are here uh, to chat and cover pretty much what happened throughout the wrestling week uh, this week. And here's the thing about our show. We don't talk about it each and every single thing. We pick three of the best and one worst of the week. And usually I feel that for, for certain weeks, I think Will and I, for the most part, are somewhat on the same page. Sometimes we're completely on polar opposite sides. And I feel that this week, uh, there's just so much that happened between Raw, NXT, AEW, Impact, uh, SmackDown, Rampage, Crown Jewel. I mean, there was just so much that happened in the wrestling week overall, and I know I'm missing so much more stuff, but there's just so much that happened that I feel like there's no possible way that you and I are going to land on the exact same things. Hi, Denise. Hi, Will. <laughs> you just so sorry. much welcome to, welcome to the show. Here's Will. <laughs> Look, I have to say, by the way, um, daylight savings ending uh, sucks. And but like, I don't know, it, it's thrown me off because it feels so much later in the day. It feels like afternoon right now, but it's not. And so I, I am slightly thrown off. I've been up a lot longer before the show than I was. But I'll tell you what. Yeah, the couple of weeks ago, Denise is giving me shit for being the, the breakfast guy. But not only did I do like a full on breakfast, I did. Um, we had eggs, we had pancakes, we did, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, I made Fluffernutter pancakes, which I haven't made in forever. And so uh, I was just, I, I feel energized, I feel good, and I actually feel like we can get some stuff done and talked about. I am excited for this episode because I'm curious what your picks are. Um, I do have to preface by saying that I had a conversation with a friend of mine in WWE. I actually didn't tell you this, um, but I had a conversation with a friend of mine in WWE who did not go to Saudi Arabia. Uh, we had this conversation on Thursday, Thursday night, and they explained their objections to going to Saudi Arabia, that despite the paycheck, they explained to me why they didn't go. And... Those reasons got to me so hard, and I'm not going to put those out there because it's not necessarily my place to do so, but I will say they got to me so hard, I didn't watch Crown Jewel. Um, wow. Didn't watch it, and uh, I've heard very good things. I've heard very good things about a lot of things, and uh, I respect all of the work put in by the performers. I will probably never see any of it. You know, it's interesting what, well, you know, that has been the Saudi Arabia shows have obviously been very controversial since the very beginning. And I feel like while I would say that most people don't agree with the with the Saudi Arabia shows happening, I feel like everybody has found uh, different ways to kind of just be like, you know what? You either watch it or you don't. I think there's a lot of people that haven't watched any of the Saudi Arabia shows and they've stood by that, um, you know, from the very beginning. And then there's other people that are just like, well, screw it. We're just going to watch it at this point. You know, what can you do? Right. I, I mean, like the, the, I, I've been saying for weeks, the demeanor around these shows has been has changed. Uh, I know there was a lot of um, definitely a negative aura around them when they first started. When Greatest Royal Rumble hit, there was just this idea of how the hell could these shows even be happening? And then when the first Crown Jewel hit, um, that was the first one that was really like canonically a part of WWE TV, right? Like they, they were actually doing a build up to it. They had Sean and Triple H and 
uh, Undertaker and Kane on TV every week on both Raw and SmackDown promoting it. And that's where it really felt like, oh, shit, these shows aren't just like side shows anymore. This is this is a part of things. This is a big part of things. And these are major pay-per-views. And so um, just there's this. I, I feel like with fans, with a lot of fans, um, and I'm sure they'll report this will end up being probably the most watched crown jewel yet. They'll probably uh, announce that it was the most watched um, Saudi pay-per-view yet. I bet I, I, it probably did great numbers because um, these shows did a good job of uh, essentially silencing a lot of the doubt and criticisms around them. They have. Uh, so I, in that regard, they've been successful and I did watch the last one. I watched the last, uh, I watched the elimination chamber. But with this particular one, just having that conversation I had and understanding this person's point of view, I couldn't. Um, and mainly it was because it was something I really related to. And so uh, I I realized why there are still certain talents and people behind the scenes that still um, feel objectionably strong about not going and uh, and not supporting those shows. And I fully understand why. So just know yeah. that there's not going to be anything on my list that necessarily relates to the show. There's <laughs> one thing, but you'll you'll understand why. Yeah, we'll but, understand why. Yes. Um, Will, now, I mean, that's the thing that like I like when it comes down to this, like everybody's going to land on a different spot. Um, for me, I mean, I watch the shows for the simple fact that, you know, it's my job and also, yeah. <laughs> you know, just to create content around it. But I feel like that by no any means means like, oh, that like I feel like if you watch the shows, even if you're not doing it as a job, even if you're doing it as a fan, I don't feel that by any means of people watching the show, does that mean that they uh, that their values align with, you know, those of Saudi Arabia? Because clearly, especially as a woman, that's definitely not going to happen on my end. Like, I ain't even going to get into all of that. Um, but, you know, that's the whole thing, though. So yeah, I do want to make sure people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not knocking anybody that does. I, I felt for me personally, because like I said, it was something that I actually very Especially much when it's recent to. and it's a yeah. first-hand account that someone's telling you this, you're going to connect with it in a different way. I'm yeah. sure if I probably, if you and I, no, if I or somebody here listening to the show had this exact same conversation, we might think twice about whether or not to support this show or not. And I don't want to say support the show, but you know, actually tune in and watch, right? Yeah. So we will get into everything here today, guys. There's going to be a lot of hot topics. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I love the drama. I'm just yeah. kidding. Oh, oh and <laughs> other things, to, by the way, to support. First off, this channel here hit 75,000 subscribers. Now look, could we really say that this channel would have hit 75,000 uh, subscribers without Will Washington on it? I don't know. I can't necessarily say whether or not it would have, but the fact is it didn't. So at the very <laughs> least, I, uh, you're welcome, Denise. And, you know what, Will? Uh, in that case, we sh you should have watched Crown Jewel because in that <laughs> case, I'd be walking behind you. <laughs> it's terrible. No, seriously, I think I think it's very cool that thank um, you that your channel hit seventy five thousand subscribers. That's very really awesome, um, and I'm really proud of you and proud of what you've accomplished with it. Thank you. We're on our way to one hundred k. Well, we're on our way. Uh, but here we go. Uh, please, guys, at any point throughout the show, you are more than welcome to send in super chats. Super chats not only get your your question, your comment, your statement, your hot take, your rant. If you disagree with Will and I, if you agree with Will and I, uh, you are more than welcome to send in super chats at any point throughout the show. They really 
help keep us funded and keep us going. As you guys know, I run this channel entirely on my own and I fund it all on my own. So therefore bringing on people like Will to come on here and do shows with me, uh, that definitely comes out of, you know, the puck, the buck, I have to say the pay wallet, the pay, I don't even have a wallet, but you know what I mean. Okay, the point is send in super chats if you want. And we actually have our first one here. You don't have a wallet? No, I don't have a wallet. Or I have like a little, like a little tiny little thing. I have this. I guess this is a wallet. That's a wallet. That, that yeah, is, but it's so that tiny. Is a wallet. A, but that's a. But it's I like don't so know tiny. Wallets to be any bigger than I that. shouldn't that's be showing wallet. my wallet on the air. <laughs> <laughs> we got a super chat here from Jennifer Kathleen who says, uh, "Thanks, Will and Denise. This is one of my favorite shows every week. Will, you got to share the uh, Flutter Nutter pancakes recipe now that you've mentioned them. Hell yeah! Flutter Nutter them up on and, Twitter. Okay, yeah. Look, if you know how to make fluffer nutters, and who doesn't know how to make fluffer nutters? Denise, do you know how to make fluffer? I nutters? don't even know what fluffer nutters are. Okay, well, you definitely didn't grow up. I mean, you had to have, but either way, it's the 90s. I grew kid up thing. poor, Will. Yeah. Oh, it's, this is poor people food all the way. Are you kidding me? Uh, basically, a fluffer nutter is a sandwich. It's kind of like a peanut butter and jelly, except replace the jelly with either marshmallows or um, jet puff. So basically, it's. It's like you look up Fluffernutter as a sandwich. That's exactly what it is. Um, I first learned to Fluffernutters from an episode of The Simpsons. It was titled Homer's Phobia. Um, and literally, Lisa walks in and says, Hi, CN Fluffernutters. And I was like, What is a Fluffernutter, right? And so um, eventually, I asked a kid at school, and they were like, Oh, Fluffernutters are the best, especially if you like fry them. Like, it's amazing. And no, this is absolutely poor people food. This is, this is the best. Um, and so the pancakes, just think of like making your favorite pancakes, except making sure that you've got some kind of marshmallow topping and peanut butter. And it's great. Okay, I will look at that. Um, we have an interesting super chat here, and this is from Mosh Motar, who says, something you guys forget when you mention the shows, we in the Middle East here have always dreamt of having such shows. People criminalize it. Uh, people criminalize it if the people here enjoying it is bad, saying my point of view here. And this is another thing that I have brought up on past conversations and other podcasts when I've talked about the Saudi Arabia shows. And that is one of the things that I feel um, isn't talked about a lot when we have the conversation of Saudi Arabia. Because when you do watch these shows, uh, what do you see? You see a lot of children. You see a lot of children who are so happy. You see it on the shows. And I remember when I first watched their first show ever in Saudi Arabia. I don't know what I was expecting because, you know, let's be real. Like, we may have, like, a, you know, a certain idea of what we were expecting the people to act like on the shows and then when we tuned into the shows I remember seeing all these kids just laughing and having a grand time and I thought man like that's something you can't ignore necessarily like just because like it's not the kids fault that you know all this other political shit around it is happening right right well and, and so I do want to say that I have never held it against held anything against the people of right. Saudi Arabia and in the same way and a big piece of it is the fact that um, the shows aren't necessarily being put on by a private entity. It's being put on in conjunction with the Saudi government. That's the objection to it. Because, of course, there's plenty of objections to have with American politics, with American government, all, all along those lines. But then you can kind of take a step back and go, well, that is um, kind of one of the 
principles of a free market is supposed to be that the governments aren't necessarily involved. And when they are involved, because, of course, when it comes down to state level, they get involved all the time. As a matter of fact, um, you notice every single show that uh, runs in Georgia ends with made in Georgia because there's tax incentives to make your show uh, to produce your shows in Georgia as as long as you make sure that you credit um, the state of Georgia with it and things along those lines. So then you can kind of tie it to the, the, the government of such. In this case, none of it's ever held against the people. And at the end of the day, those fans in the building are there to enjoy a show. They're there to enjoy their favorite WWE superstars to get to see all theirs. Uh, and I heard the crowd here was really good. Um, yeah, they were really hold- great with the chance too. Yeah, I would never hold it against the fans. Not at all. Yeah, for sure. I think that's definitely something that also has to, I think you made it the, the explanation uh, really good, Will, when you're talking about the people versus what the event is in conjunction with. So I think that's definitely a point to be made. But thank you so much to Maj Motar uh, for sending in the super chat and for uh, sending out your point of view. And that's the one thing I do want to mention on this show, guys, and on any show that I'm on, or at least that is run um, by me, like I will don't care if you guys send in your point of view, because I like people sharing their point of view, even if it's opposite or, or controversial or whatever, I feel like sending in your point of view is something that is incredibly important. Like, I don't want anyone here to feel like they shouldn't be talking about certain things, you know? Um, I mean, unless it's something really bad, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Although, um, Denise, of course, is the, the government that runs this particular channel in (laughs) this case. So if you do support just know that you are supporting the government that is Denise the government of denise salcedo here on <laughs> <Yes>. this channel <laughs> andrew a sends in a super chat saying let's get denise a silver play button dude the second i get that silver play button i'm gonna feel like i finally accomplished something in my life uh thomas Iradia that's not a wrestling question but do you vape denise i brought this on myself well i said if you have any questions or whatever send them in and look at me getting myself this is biting me back in the butt now now let me start off by saying that i don't care what people do on their own time but i do not i am clean cut i do not smoke i do not i do not smoke anything i do not drink anything and i definitely most definitely do not support drugs period okay um so i am completely not in line with any of that so i'm not i don't care if other people do it that's fine that's on you but i don't do any of it well does that make me sound like a square no. Well, first off, what was one of the first things I ever learned about you, which was uh, the fact that um, we won't have to get into too much of it, but that back in your old MySpace days, you were in a CM Punk. Um, you're uh, part of a CM Punk fan page, right? So like right off the bat, there's nothing that surprises me as far as like the first time I ever learned that you're completely straight edge, you're completely clean. I was like, yeah, duh. Um that just completely makes sense for Denise Salcedo. Right? And I've tried alcohol. Let me let me say that out loud. I've tried alcohol, but I didn't like it. I hated it. I really, really hated it. It wasn't for me. I was 19, and then that was, is that the legal age? That's not the legal age limit, is it? Oh, my God. Is Denise going to go to jail now? Oh, my God. Am I going to go to jail? <laughs> I'm going to go to jail. you're gonna have to find another person to run this channel the point is that one time and that was it never did it again you're now fine, i just Denise. <laughs> no, continuing it's... on continuing on <laughs> uh thank you so much to thomas aradia um all right let's get into this show everyone let's get into the wrestling here uh we're gonna kick things off with the third best of the week and will you are on the spot bro what is your third pe- best of the week all right 
So I have to say, when I was a young man, I used to hate when celebrities got involved in pro wrestling. And it was really because it always felt tacked on. It always felt like we were dealing with guys who didn't really want to be there, but were like accepting a paycheck. Like guest host era Raw is I think the worst time period in professional wrestling history. And it was like unwatchable television. Um, unless it was somebody who was genuinely into the product. But, you know, when you had guys showing up and getting the names of wrestlers wrong and getting the names of uh, pay-per-views wrong, things along those lines, all that stuff sucked. But I have to say, in the last couple of years, there's been this shift where it just seems like you're getting these guys in, like Bad Bunny and even Logan Paul, guys who are in here and seem like they really care and are really doing their best to enhance the product we had um snoop dogg last year in AEW, we had shack have a match like all of a sudden things are feeling a lot better and cooler when guys get involved i've also always said that pro wrestling has done a very poor job in my upbringing of embracing hip-hop because hip-hop has done a really good job embracing wrestling there's always references and songs there's literally a hit called rick flair drip like come on like uh West Side Gun has made a career out of dropping wrestling references and songs, and I've always felt like wrestling didn't show that respect back until about a couple years ago. So I always get overjoyed when I see this kind of stuff. My number three this week was honestly Rick Ross backstage with Swerve and Keith Lee. This shit was fantastic. Rick Ross was so into this. You could just feel how much he was enjoying being a part of this segment that he literally made a meme out of accusations accusation false accusations rick ross was so great here um and literally we go to the back and uh like we knew he was there uh, as a matter of fact um i told the story on day after dynamite but i heard back in the summer that there was talks of aw bringing in rick ross um, it was right after the segment with Kevin Gates happened. And I heard there was talks to bring in Rick Ross. And I thought, okay, Rick Ross, come on. That sounds ridiculous. And then when it didn't happen for the longest time, I'm like, okay, this, there's no way. There's, this isn't actually happening. Like, I, I bet at most it was like a small conversation of, hey, would you like to do a thing? And then it ended up probably moving on. So I was like, there's no way Rick Ross gets involved in pro wrestling. I just don't see it. And then when I saw the tweet, and shout out True God for being the first, I believe, to post, because uh, he was at the show in Baltimore this week, and he tweeted, hey, I think Rick Ross is in the front row. That's definitely Rick Ross. And I went, oh, shit. And I thought about the, everything I heard back in the summer, and I was like, that could have been a good like scoop I could have dropped. But I thought it was so absurd that there's no way Rick Ross shows up. Um, and so... They, uh, of course, you know, he disappears from uh, ringside and Excalibur notes right after probably the most insane moment of that show happened with Shibata, which I'll get to later. Spoilers. But uh, the Rick Ross, uh, the, Excalibur introduces the segment as the, the king of the lemon pepper. And I'm like, oh, my God, is there about to be a segment with Rick Ross? And they go backstage. And sure enough, there's Rick Ross with Tony Schiavone. And Swerve, and again, I just thought all of this was great because um, there are little tiny pieces of storytelling that were happening all throughout this, um, such as uh, Swerve continuing his character of being um, 
celebrity obsessed and uh and feeling like he's uh, a big deal and um, it kind of clouding his judgment a little bit and his evolution in that character but then also uh, the little things dropped like all of a sudden Keith Lee um, brings up that hey Swerve you cheated against Billy Gunn I just watched the match back you cheated against FTR and then he brought up a little thing that a lot of people kind of missed but he said and also who was holding the camera and uh, and then that's when Rick Ross levied the accusations. I just love this segment so much. I loved how much fun Rick Ross was having with it. Again, there's something about the modern day celebrity getting involved in pro wrestling that just feels a lot more genuine, authentic, and like they want to be there than it's ever felt before. And all of a sudden, I have been fantasy booking um, Def Jam Vendetta and how we could possibly make that like actually happen. And uh, hey, Tony, I've got ideas if you ever want to actually book a pay-per-view full of hip-hop artists i got ideas and how to make that happen anyway uh this was great i had a lot of fun with it i love wrestling embracing hip-hop in ways that they haven't before and i want to see this continue that's awesome will i'm very excited um i don't want to sound like a loser here but i don't know rick ross so i can't even add to this conversation I'm sorry. My viewers made fun of me for this a while back because I'm not in tune with the cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, to be (laughs) fair, Rick Ross. Well, you need to take some time to educate me. Thank you very much. Well, to be fair, like, it's not even like Rick Ross is like anything recent, right? Like Rick Ross's first hit was in 2006 with Every Day I'm Hustling. Like, you know a Rick Wait, Ross he song. he sings that song? That's his song, yes. I was going to say. Every Day I'm Hustling? Yes. That's, that's Rick Ross? Yes. I like that song. I was going to say, you probably know. <laughs> I was going to mul- say, I didn't know he sang that song. <laughs> Every Day I'm Hustling. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, Rick, you probably know a Rick Ross song and don't even know yeah. uh, a Rick Ross song. Yeah, is there another song, one but, that's really huge? Um, let me think about this. Uh, there's that's the, the I know that one for sure. I love that yeah, song. So, well, so the funny thing is, you're probably also confusing it with uh, the um, the everyday I'm shuffling. But either way, because oh, uh, I saw the way because right I saw because I just saw the way you moved to it. But oh, never um, mind then. So the, that's the wrong song. Uh, yes, uh, I don't know the Rick but, Ross version of it. They came beforehand. Um, that said, there's there's multiple glass shattering right now in my brain. <laughs> Don't worry, uh, no. I'll add him to my Spotify playlist and I'll listen to his top five songs. Yeah. So either way, I will say that. Uh, and again, people are, are are really reacting in the chat to everything that's going on here, and it's great. Uh, the the point ultimately here, though, is that pro wrestling has uh was in the 90s i felt did a really good job of incorporating pop culture into itself because uh like dennis rodman working um the main event of a pay-per-view was a big deal right mike tyson being involved in wrestlemania was a big deal and then it felt like through the 2000s um they They got celebrities when they weren't at their peak anymore like five years after they were famous or they just felt really separated right it felt like uh like like they were just so, there to like, get a paycheck right like they were there to get a paycheck like when snooki came in um snooki was at her peak at that point but it didn't feel like snooki was necessarily and i think there. she actually is a fan isn't she Snooki? maybe she is um I, th- I know jaywow is but uh as far as snooki was concerned um it never really felt like she anybody any of the celebrities they were get would get were really like there to be there and were there to be fans and i feel like 
the last couple of years have really shifted that. I feel like Bad Bunny feels like somebody who wants to be there. And as in turn, the fans have accepted him as somebody that we want to have here because all of it rocks. Um, and like I said, I feel like even fans are starting to come around on Logan Paul, probably have very much come around on Logan Paul. Um, I'm all of a sudden very much into the, celebrities, the in celebrities in pro wrestling. I am. Okay. And so this worked, this worked for me. Taylor Cannon sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Taylor. He says, hey, guys, love the show. Always on my calendar. Thank you so much for adding us to your uh, rotation. We appreciate that. Uh, Thomas Aradia sends in a super chat saying, let me, make, let me make up my awkward question with a wrestling one. I don't want to dislike Logan Paul, but it's really hard, uh, too, with his bad rep. So we'll save Logan Paul for a little bit later. Spoilers. But, um, <laughs> but I will say this, though. Um, yesterday, I wanted to put out a tweet about Logan Paul and I asked him, I was talking to my husband about it because sometimes I'm not so sure if I should put certain things out because sometimes you don't know, like, okay, let's be real. Logan Paul gets a lot of hate on the internet. Like I've seen the shit that he gets, like everyone hates Logan Paul, etc. And I wanted to preface that I had become a fan of him in his uh, WWE stuff. And my husband was like, you know what, Denise, I don't think you should tweet about Logan Paul after the match has happened. Like you should only be tweeting about Logan Paul when it's actually happening, like in the moment, or else you're just going to invite a bunch of unnecessary hate to your page. And I thought, damn, like I can't even tweet about liking Logan Paul in WWE because then it's going to bring in outsiders that are going to be like, afterwards are going to be like, well, you're a fucking shitty person because you like Logan Paul when Logan Paul did this, 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 and that, right? And you know that's going to happen. So anyways, um, he does have a bad reputation. And even if you like what he's doing in WWE, there's going to be comments where people are going to shit on you and be like, well, you know what, Denise, you're a horrible person because you like Logan Paul in WWE. That's the, uh, the hard part is like, that's kind of stuff you almost just have to let go. This is the thing I say all the time um, that, and again, it's something I'm going to get into a little bit later, but there has to be a way to separate what's happening on your screen from who people are. Um, because again, you, it's pro wrestling and uh, you are going to find yourself down a hole of, not liking a lot of things when you hold people to things that aren't happening on screen. Um, I will say that I don't necessarily care for Logan Paul. Um, and it's not even that uh, related to, I mean, it is related to a lot of stuff, but also just he's annoying. Um, and, uh, and look, my kids used to watch Bizarre Vark on Disney Channel, which also starred Jake Paul and Logan Paul guest starred on. Like that's who my kids know the Paul brothers from. And so, uh, but again, there's a lot of guys in pro wrestling you're not going to like when it comes down to holding There'd probably be no one left. Everyone's got to have a little skeleton in their closet. And some of them aren't even skeletons. Some of them are worn on the flesh. And it is, uh, <laughs> um, and some of it is just, it's all out there. And I, th I just think it's a tough thing to try and hold your favorite wrestlers too. 
All right, we got a couple more super chats, but before that, I'm gonna get to my third best of the week just to get this uh, going. Um, so here we go. Honestly, my third best pick. I was going through this, like you know, this. I had my first and my second. I knew that one instantly. I still had a bunch of like a uh, had a bunch of options for what could be my third best pick of the week. Well, I decided to go with a match that I was really looking forward to watching, and then I thought did a really great job for multiple reasons, and that was SmackDown, the Intercontinental Championship match between Gunther and Rey Mysterio. And the reason why I loved this was because this was everything that you want in a Rey Mysterio match. You know, we obviously, the, the David and Goliath type match always works with, with somebody, especially, it always works, right? But it always works with somebody like Rey Mysterio too. And I thought like, dude, it has been such a long time since we've actually been able to see Rey Mysterio go out there without being hang anchored down by any means around him. Like he actually was able to go go out there and have this match with Gunther. And it was a freaking entertaining match. It was to the point where when the finish happened, you had literally all of these crowd shots of people just like going like, <gasps> like in awe, like some of the best crowd reactions. And you don't always get that, uh, you know, very naturally. And you did during this match with Gunther and Rey Mysterio. Uh, there was just a lot of awesome stuff in it. You know, uh, Gunther like trying to get at Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio trying to bring him down. When they went to the top rope, uh, Rey Mysterio tried to do a hurricanrana on Gunther, but he blocked it. And instead he was going to powerbomb him, Will. And as he was doing like Execute, trying to execute that mid-air. Rey Mysterio turned it back around into a hurricanrana. Uh, so it was a really awesome moment. And then even afterwards, when you see um, Gunther hit Rey Mysterio with the boot to the face as he was trying to execute the 619, it just looks so impactful that you couldn't help but to just be like, holy shit, that was freaking cool. So honestly, this has to be my third best of the week. And I'm so happy we got this match. I, I know like storyline wise, you can laugh about it because poor Rey Mysterio was ready to quit, uh, ready to quit and wanting to leave because he couldn't fight his son. And then he found himself having to fight Gunther of all people. So it's storyline wise, it's pretty funny, but entertaining wise, it's like this match was freaking awesome. I mean, even look at look at the size difference that you're seeing here. Uh, it was just freaking epic. I loved this match. It really delivered, and we need more stuff like this on SmackDown. Uh, Denise, can you do me a favor? Yes. What is it? Uh, can you pull up Will's second best pick of the week? Okay. Here we go. Will's second best pick of the week. So it's funny. Denise thought we weren't going to align on anything, but uh, as it turns out, my second best pick of the week was the Intercontinental Championship match, Gunther defending the title against Rey Mysterio in the main event of SmackDown. God, this match was a freaking hoot. This match was just a blast to watch across the board. Um, we knew, like, Gunther has been delivering as Intercontinental Champion. He has been having um, quite a run with this belt in ways that people weren't expecting. I think people were really expecting him to really flop as Gunther when he was having so much success as Walter in NXT UK. Um, now, this is one of those things that I think people had ideas for, but I don't think anybody knew what it was gonna be. Now, I didn't tweet about this match, and I have to let people know, you're rarely ever gonna catch me tweeting about SmackDown because SmackDown does not air live in Denver at all. Um, and the Fox, Fox Sports, Sports app, well, I, Fox not, Sports. I know, I hate that app. If I can avoid ass. using it, it uh, yeah, if I can avoid using it, I absolutely will. There's like this echo problem it has during commercial breaks where it'll like double up on audio. And so when I'm watching it on my TV through the Fox Sports app, um, 
commercials like it'll start trying to play local commercials but it'll play it like twice but the second one is on like a slight delay and it's really annoying and so i'm just like if i can avoid it i would rather just use my actual local recording off my dvr and watch it later um so that's what i do i'd never watch smackdown live anymore but that said um i said this match this show wasn't live anyway i read the spoilers a week ago uh this was a blast in every regard um, I thought the finish was uh, didn't hit the way it needed to, but at the same time, who cares? Everything else up until this point was exciting. There were so many um, exciting near falls, near uh, near finishes. Of course, we we knew Gunther retained, but it was just exciting for all the reasons you named. Um, Gunther is so hard hitting in these matches, and almost hard hitting in a way that Rey Mysterio hasn't gotten to to be. And I felt like Ray gave it back tenfold. This is 47-year-old Ray Mysterio, by the way. Still With continuing. multiple, like, knee surgeries and all of that, you know, I don't know his exact history on his knees, but uh, we, we've heard the, some of the stories, at least. Yeah, and he just continued to do what he does best. This was uh, an excellent, excellent match. I had fun with this. Um, and by the end, I think Gunther is reminding us of how much of a statement he's making with this intercontinental championship run. And uh, I think by the end of it, he will have done the most masterful job of putting the intercontinental championship back on the map as anybody has in the last like 20 years. Agreed. Agreed. And that's exactly what you want. Because again, like you said, I was a little worried when they put Gunther up there to the main mm -hmm. roster. I'm like, please do not ruin him. I mean, they yeah. already did you know all this stuff with the name let's not get into that but still um before we get into our worst pick of the week we got a super chat here from matt logan who says will denise when finally the elite return on screen on aew would that alone make them number one in what from this? like number one in terms of just like being like the best i think hmm. okay so sorry matt i don't think i understand the question entirely yeah, i don't quite get it either you don't have uh, to send in a follow-up super chat, but uh, you can just maybe elaborate a little bit more and I'll look out for your comment here. Um, but in terms of when they finally arrive, I mean, they are going to be like the most talked about thing, you know, like yeah. period, that's going to happen. And, Unless and some other drama happens. That's I mean, going to top they're this. Getting, I, I think it's fairly certain they're getting um, Death Triangle at full gear. And that's a good thing. Um, I think the trios division needs a little bit of a boost because they just lost so much so quickly. It was like, we wanted these trios titles. We got them. And then it was like, Oh, but also you no longer have the elite and you no longer have house of black. And uh, so what is the trios division without those guys? And I, I'm so glad that this week um, it seemed pretty clear that by the time full gear is over, we will have a full trios division again. We got a super chat here from Jose Palomares who says, with the convo of celebs on wrestling TV, thoughts on Mike Tyson to become regular on Rampage. Personally, I got flashbacks of Mike Tyson's mysteries. Is he on any of our list? Is he on the rest of your list at any point? Uh, kind of. Uh, okay, so don't talk. Okay, so we won't talk about this just yeah. yet. You know what? Fine. You know what? We'll save your thoughts. I'll give my thoughts now because uh, Mike Tyson was kind of funny in this. I didn't think that he should have been put in the match of this caliber, especially given how much people were uh, really looking forward to watching uh, Shibata and Cassidy. So personally, I didn't think they could have put him on any other part of the show. They didn't really have to put him for this match, but whatever. He looked happy doing it. 
etc. But I did think it took some of the attention away from the actual match. With that being said, the best way that I described this on my show was this reminded me of when like you give a, a little kid like a responsibility to do and you're like, oh, that's so cute. And it's cute, right? For like the beginning. But then afterwards, you're like, okay, go away now. Go do something <laughs> else because the adults got to work. That's exactly what it felt like having Mike Tyson on commentary like, oh, that's funny and cute. But now that we're done playing games, let's move on to something else. Um, but he was kind of funny. It's just, it's here. The thing is he was going, he was very excited to be there. Will that he was talking over the announcers that have certain roles when you're a part of commentary, they're supposed to do certain things and he wasn't allowing them to really do their job. So it kind of got in the way a little bit. And even though the O's were funny in the beginning, we got them the entire time. And I was like, Mike, stop saying, Oh, on commentary. It was funny. It was cute for one time only. And I'll elaborate. You'll, you can save your thoughts later yeah. on. But thank you so much to Jose Palomares uh, for sending in uh, that super chat as well. And let me just catch up here. Uh, we got one from uh, Grandma Daisy who says Demolition with Crush 2023 Hall of Fame. Uh, Grandma Daisy has been sending in all of their ha Hall of Fame uh, picks throughout like the last couple of days. So thank you so much to Grandma Daisy uh, for sending in the super chat. Uh, Jose Palomares sends in another super chat saying Denise and Will's second pick handshake. I know that happens every now and then and I love it. But right. it was Denise's third pick, um, wasn't it? That was... Yeah, it was my third pick. Was yeah, my so third we got to get into your second. I haven't done my second pick? Oh, shit. I was going to go to worse already. Holy yeah. shit. Sorry. <laughs> Clearly, I forgot. All right. So my second best pick of the week here um, is going to go over... We've been talking a lot about celebrities. We've been talking about a lot about Logan Paul. So I think it's very clear that my second pick is Roman Reigns. Uh, ver oh, that's the wrong match. <laughs> Where is the photo? It's in here somewhere. Here we go. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul is my second best of the week. And the reason that I'm putting it up here is because realistically, um, I really wasn't looking forward to this match. I just thought, okay, it's going to be some, you know, flashy main event with, you know, a guy who's really famous and made a big name for himself. And we're just going to have to sit there and tolerate it. Right. And granted his first and second match were not bad whatsoever, but he was in there with the Mysterios. He was in there with the Miz. Now he's in there with freaking Roman Reigns of all people. So the, you have to kind of, uh, level up your game, right? Like you just can't be in there, you know, doing whatever no so he went in there and he had a freaking hell of a match with roman reigns i know i was not a fan of the jake paul stuff but i get why they did it jake paul is a big name we know that so for those reasons i won't shit on it but everything else that involved logan paul and roman reigns directly i thought was really good uh you know a lot of people we knew Roman Reigns was going to win, but there was always that slight what if because it's wrestling and you never really know what's really going to for sure set in stone happen. And there were a couple of moments where you thought, holy shit, because Roman Reigns waited until like the last possible second to get his, uh, his get his arm up. You're thinking, oh, my God, Logan Paul might actually defeat Roman Reigns for like at least a tiny millisecond of a thought. And so they did really well at kind of getting you to believe that that was actually going to happen there i thought that the number one thing that i said on the crown jewel watch along was that 
and on the post-show review was that my favorite thing about Logan Paul is that he brings intensity, Will. When he does something, it's not just like, bam, move, bam, move. No, the guy brings like adrenaline to what he's doing and that adds to it. That To me, that connects a little bit more with the fans where you're not just watching someone execute moves, but you're watching someone execute moves with a little bit more of a purpose, right? Because you're trying to bring down and nail down your opponent. So uh, the leapfrog that he did Awesome. Obviously, that frog splash to the table with the cell phone that he did that was like going all over social media. I thought that was really cool. And the fact that he did it with the phone, like, let's be real. Some people have some really shitty frog splashes. All right. With or without a phone. Uh, he went out there and he did a pretty like it was it, the distance was kind of crazy. So I'm not going to dock him any points on any of that uh, because the distance was crazy. And he also had a phone in his hand on top of that. Like there was just a lot of good moments that he had in there. Um I can't help it. He did a good job. And I'm honestly like, I'm a fan of Logan Paul in WWE. <laughs> I legitimately, I legitimately became a fan. Like, I ain't even gonna lie to you. Um, I thought he did a really great job. And this match was a fun main event. And I think given how much money I'm sure he got for this, and given that Roman Reigns could have been facing anybody else on the show, uh, I thought they delivered for sure. I only saw it in spots uh, on social media. I saw the buckshot lariat. It was very good. It was very clean. He got Although, some great freaking um, like distance in that. Yeah, he looked like he springboarded with some great momentum. Um, and uh, I, the only thing I saw negative on it was that both him and Jake had some really bad worked punches. Um, oh, Jake's but, were like, oh my God, they were horrible. Will like go back and watch that, especially because he it was him and the Uso. So it wasn't just like one on one. He took out two guys with those punches and they looked horrible. Will you, you have to suspend your disbelief on during that I, portion I, I, of it? Right. Well, um, and I guess like when the but you story... have to when you don't have to, you know, you know yeah, what I mean. And, and so, but otherwise, you know, if it's one small portion of a match, who gives a shit? Uh, it sounds like it was a phenomenal match. And like I said, I saw um, the videos going around as far as all of that's concerned. I didn't see the entirety of the match, so I can't really comment on it. Um, but yeah, sounds like it was a fun main event. Yeah, I think so. I definitely think so. Uh, Jose Palomar says, great, save Will. I don't get this one. When was it? Um... No, it's just like a couple minutes, three minutes ago. What'd you do? What'd you do? I don't know. Right. Sorry, Jose. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, and then well, I also need to make sure that uh, I'm trying to get a, uh, okay, here we go. This is Matt Logan's. Uh, this was just follow up from his uh, previous super chat where he said, would they, the elite automatically be number one for the week on this show? Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, um, nobody, no, again, nobody guarantees yeah. uh, number one on this show. Are you kidding me? You it's have to special. earn. You got to be special. You've got to earn that number one no you don't got to be special nobody just gets granted that shit on this show do you know what this show is this is after the week with denise and will or will and denise but regardless you've got to earn it on this show was mike tyson legitimately high by the way because there was a bunch of people that were saying he was i mean would you know can you tell because i, I mean, can't tell it's, it's one of those things where probably um but then again like guys people get high this is a thing that happens and so i don't know maybe <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the fun part. The fun part, as always, is the worst of the week because I thought we had some options today. And I feel that this is the one where um, everyone is going to have a different 
what was the worst of the week. I feel like there was quite a bit of options. And um, let's get right into it. Will, you have the beautiful and gorgeous task of going first. Okay. So let me start off by saying I spent my evening coming up with my lists. Um, and I was thinking about it pretty much all night. We went out to a barcade last night. It was really fun. But all throughout the night, I was like, okay, got to get up and, and do after the week. So let's make sure I have my stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm stuck on worse. Let me sleep on it. And so I went to bed and I slept on it. And I'm like, okay, what's my worst? And then still couldn't think of anything. And I'm like, all right, let me try and refresh my memory. Let me open Twitter. And then the worst stood out to me. It was right there. Braun Strowman today on Twitter is my worst pick of the week. Um, now, I've actually heard that he had a match that delivered with Omos. Hearing it nearly across the board um, this past weekend on Grap City, uh, we did a grading of everyone Triple H has brought back. We basically graded them on a scale of F to A. And I was pretty sour on most of them, but I gave Braun an A. I gave him high marks because all of his stuff has been hitting. Braun's always been kind of a jerk and an elitist towards smaller wrestlers, um, towards indie wrestlers, towards pretty much, uh, I don't know, like you remember when uh, in 2020 when guys were getting released and starting to go fund me's and Braun um, had negative things to say about them. He was all like, oh, get a job. Um, you would have thought being released and having to start an indie promotion would have humbled him down just like a little bit. But no, he's like doubling down on this. Uh, and he, now that he got a job and none of the guys he was working with in the whole control you narrative thing did. This morning, though, he seemed so proud of the match he had. And again, be proud of what you do in your work. I believe in that. But... And again, it's a match that's getting fairly universal praise. I haven't seen anybody say anything negative about it. It so was better I even, than expected. I, I don't even know who he's picking this bone with. But he's decided to pick a bone with the IWC, who's been fairly positive on this match. And he didn't just tweet about, LOL, flippy wrestlers. Um, look, big guys have been doing that for ages. Kevin Nash, Batista. It's not new. But going that hard at it as a babyface, attacking fans that like them, and vanity searching. This motherfucker's vanity searching. He found Public Enemy's tweet from just like a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was like six days ago. Last week, he found a Public Enemy's tweet that just happened to mention Braun Strowman. And he's just like, ha, 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 Sami Zayn. He's, yeah, you internet guys just love these smaller guys. And like, one, how does this... Because I, I, I had something to say about it this morning. I had people in my mentions that were like, oh, you're getting worked by Braun Strowman. This guy's a fucking babyface. Like, any work has to ultimately move toward, I don't know, making money. And the fact that, like, you're not selling a rivalry with Omos here. As a matter of fact, you tagged Omos and were like, hey, look, we put on a great performance. That's not working. At that point, you're actually exposing the business in that regard. All of this sucks. Um, all of this sucks a lot. And uh, I just think that the thing is, the wrestlers that Braun's talking about don't do this. Like, I've seen people saying, well, you know, it's turnabout because people talk about Braun Strowman. Who? Like, wrestlers don't do that. Like, maybe fans do. Sure. I've actually always been high on Braun Strowman. I've actually always felt like, uh, he was underpushed. I thought that Braun in 2017 doing the um, I'm not finished with you stuff 
was great stuff. I thought that him getting screwed out of Money in the Bank in 2018 was a disaster. I think he should have beaten Brock Lesnar a couple of times. And I feel like they squandered Braun across the board. I've never felt that way about Braun. But yet, I feel like... And I can see where people associate Braun with, with bigger, less athletic guys. But at the end of the day... There's no wrestlers doing that. Nobody. And like now Braun is finding himself in the crosshairs of not just fans, but wrestlers now. You know, um, uh, I thought Ali had a great uh, tweet at him. Ali saying, uh, can you teach me how to get fired? Great line. Um, Ricochet, of course. Will Ospreay. All of these guys who have never had a single negative thing to say about big man wrestlers. But yet these big guys continue to find fault with these smaller wrestlers because they attract a certain vocal group of fans. And that to me, just shut, shut up. Like you make money, Braun, you're freaking rich. The reason you, he was released in the first place was because he was making too much money and they couldn't have him on the books anymore. Like uh, that, that was a great one thing. Mustafa Ali was, uh, that's a phenomenal shot at him for a number of reasons. That's like a triple layered joke. Uh, but again, Braun, who are you mad at? What is this? What you had a good match that got a good reaction that people are liking. What is your problem? All right, so my turn. I'm so happy that you brought this up as your worst pick of the week because this was all I was considering putting this up here as my worst pick of the week. But I always have the you know, there's always a debate of like, oh, do I pick something that's, you know, actually happened on the show or do I pick something that was, you know, off of the show? Like, I never know where to go about that, you know, in terms of what to pick. So I'm so happy that you put this one because holy damn, like, here's the thing. When I first saw his tweet, I thought, is, is this a joke? Like, is this like, I knew it was real, but I thought maybe he was just uh, trying to be in character or something, right? I thought you can't really put something out this and I'm going to explain why. But then I'm like, well, if you go back and you think about Braun Strowman's history in terms of tweets, Instagram comments, all of these things that he's put out there, this is the way the guy legitimately thinks. And so this is clearly something, you know, legit. So I instantly thought the first thing here is, okay, bro, like you could, you could put over your work. You can put over everything that you did in this match, dude, more power to you, man, like more power to you, because that could have been the complete and utter shit balls, you know, Omaz and Braun Strowman, I thought was going to be gone awful. And like I said, it was better than expected. So bro, brag about it. Fine. That's great. But you do not have to bury literally an entire style of pro wrestling just because you can't do it. What the hell? Like, that is nuts Or the fans that like it. Like, that's the thing. Because it was one thing to come at the the wrestlers, but then to also come at the people who also like it. Like, God, wrestling is such a variety. There's so much variety in pro wrestling. I think it's worse to come at the wrestlers than the fans. And you want to know why? Because you're supposed to have some sort of brotherhood, some sort of sisterhood, right? With the people that every single day, whenever they go out to wrestle, are putting their bodies on the line. No matter what style of wrestling you work, 
uh, you're you can get injured going in that ring. Okay, we know this. People, some people get injured off the most craziest things. You know, like the most simple thing. You don't have to be out there doing a freaking, uh, I don't know, six thirty or something to get injured. No, you can get injured doing anything. But here's the other thing too. He dissed his own coworkers. His own coworkers, bro. Come on. How could you do that? Your own coworkers. You're seeing all people like Ricochet. We mentioned Mustafa Ali. Like you're dissing your own coworkers. So let me ask you a question. When they do, you know, a match with him and one of these flippy guys. So should we not be interested in it anymore? Because one of the flippy guys is in it. According to Braun Strowman, we shouldn't. So it's one of those things where I'm like, dude, how can you diss your own coworkers? On top of that, you practically dissed an entire country who freaking you know lucha libre is literally the freaking culture and blood of you know mexico and has influenced wrestling across the board so i'm thinking about that too and there's another one that i also want to bring up here now let's say braun Strowman would have tweeted this before his wwe release will okay maybe he could put this out there granted you'd still would talk shit right but you would have the question of, well, you know what? Maybe Braun, you know, maybe Braun has, you know, some sort of a point in terms of putting himself over, right? You could at least argue it maybe just a little bit. But now that he's actually been, that after his release from WWE, you know that he's not necessarily, how do I say this? What the people are willing to pay you and what the people are willing to pay for to watch you determines your worth, okay? If you are not getting paid a certain amount of money, if you will, were to completely price yourself out, and let's say I, a promoter, decided to go, you know what? Will's worth it because I know that he he can price, price himself out. I could put him on a show, and he's going to bring me back that money because you know what? He is worth it. We learned during this period, Will, that Braun technically isn't worth the price that he was putting on himself because he wasn't necessarily being um, finding that same price, uh, that same check, that same value that WWE was paying him. Nobody else was willing to pay him that. Okay, on top of that, these flippy guys that are doing these flippy shits that Braun Strowman is talking about, these guys are getting booked on shows and thus getting the paycheck that, you know, that they want. But he he said it's a subculture of people. He said it's a subculture that's willing to pay for this kind of stuff. Like, I, I get, like, it's it's not hard to see exactly what his, um, what his deal is and why he has a problem. Because he did spend his indie run basically trying to... I suppose his time off, right, of, of being in WWE, it wasn't really an indie run at all, but his time off of being in WWE, he did spend that essentially watching smaller guys around him make more money at it than he was. Control Your Narrative wasn't drawing big numbers or anything along those lines. And so I think he does have a bit of a chip on his shoulder of having to be around the indie guys. But at the end of the day, Hunter came in, Hunter called him back, and Hunter didn't call the indie guy. So he's like, well, fuck these guys. I got a big paycheck. And so this is how I picture Braun Strowman talks all the time, by the way. Um, I just picture he just goes around life going, oh, this cereal is just going to get these hands. Um, but as far as he, again, don't knock the hustle, man. Like, at the end of the day, these wrestlers are all doing what they want or what they love 
for the fans and they are putting their bodies on the line to do it and i've always said there's no bad wrestling that gets a reaction that's like period to me i um is every braun Strowman match for me no but um do i recognize that there are certain braun Strowman matches especially since he's been back that have been getting great reactions i've thought his stuff with otis has been phenomenal right like i think what braun does when he's out there obviously gets the fans into it but also will osprey matches do that too ricochet matches for the most part do that as well a kenny omega match does that a young bucks match does that guys if wrestling is getting an audience and getting an audience to react it's winning that's the only thing you should ever be knocking at pro wrestling is stuff that's not clicking stuff that's not working other than that he could have said well he could have came on here and been like you know what a lot of people trash big guy wrestling or something i don't know heavyweights whatever you want to call it right he could have he could have said something like that and been like but you know what me and omas we went out there and we proved that you know we're worth it just like everybody i don't know i'm not a fucking publicist but you'll get me it just could have been worded differently it didn't have to be an attack on an entire style of pro wrestling uh so i think that's where we're at and that's the thing though like i like braun Strowman, braun Strowman, the character on tv i like braun Strowman, the character on tv but it's adam sure who puts out these comments that you're just like bro come on like don't insult your peers like your company that you work for is promoting a lot you know it's going to be promoting a lot of this flippy shit stuff and they promote a flippy shit match so what like we're not supposed to support it anymore like bro it's the company that you work for and what i think will i think he was trying to throw a shot at AEW for always I guess you can say having the flippy shit, whatever you want to call it. Oh yeah, no, are, are you I think me? it He's backfired been... on him. I think because he, he is anti AEW, and I know he's anti AEW, and that's fine. But like, also flippy shit. AEW probably has one flippy shit match per show. Um, that is the one thing that Kenny Omega always said he prided AEW on, right? Is that it's multiple styles of pro wrestling. There's not just one. You're going to get kind of a cornucopia of things like that, right? And so, but I get it. He's always had a beef with AEW pretty much since the day it existed. He was knocking it when it first launched. Um, but again, people are enjoying it, man. Like, whatever. Like, I, I, I will say there are certain match types and match styles that aren't for me. That's the most I'll ever say about it is that it's not for me. Like, uh, I don't even have to get into what's not for me because yeah, I know yeah, that of course, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Because it, I know what it's going to bring up. But there's just certain <laughs> stuff that's not for me, and that it's going to happen. There's going to be matches that you're just like, yeah, that wasn't for me. It was a little. I've said it. I've said like so many matches. I'm like, oh, this was a little boring. Like, I'm out the door. I was bored. You know, yeah. it, it just people are drawn to different things. And at the end of the day. You like what you like, and you don't have to shit on everybody else, especially not sh- don't shit on your coworkers. Come on, you know? Yeah. It's like, I'm going to start to, you know what I'm going to tweet out? Well, I'm going to put, I don't like anybody whose name starts with a W, first name starts with a W, and whose last name starts with a W. They should have two different first initials. First off, <laughs> alliterated names are the best. And, uh... <laughs> we got... <laughs> Go for it. And, so, and secondly, I don't appreciate you knocking Wallace Worthington like that. That is, he did not deserve that. We got a super chat here from uh, Strangal who says, good to see him getting fired and the failure of CYN really humbled him. LOL. Really, dude, you would think, right, like situations that you go through would humble you and you'd be like, oh man, like, you know, egg on my face. I should have maybe seen things differently. Like so, bad things happen sometimes and they're supposed to teach you a lesson. 
or anyways, but anyways, that's where we're at. Uh, Strangle, thank you so much for the super chat. It's much appreciated, seriously. And, I don't know um, what Denise's worst could possibly be. By oh the way. shit, I'm debating still. I got two on here. I'm still I'm killing time to figure out what I what, what I want to say. Um, we got uh, Avalana who says, as a Hispanic gal, I love hearing your opinions. Thank you so much, Ave uh, Avalana. I hope I didn't mess up your name. I'm pretty sure I did, Avalana. I'm pretty sure, but it's a beautiful name. Uh, thank you so much it for is. sending this in. I've been getting a lot of comments like this. And in real life, it sounds weird, huh? Real life. But in real life, I do get a lot of people that are, you know, Latinos. And they come up to me and they tell me this. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank you so much. But no, seriously, thank you so much for the super chat and for the kind comment. Um, all right. And let's continue on. Let me just catch up with everything. And I, oh, let me get into my third. Damn. My worst. Excuse me. It's time. Are you just going to give it the old fickle finger of fate? shit i don't know where to go here um just close your eyes and just point and that's what it's gonna be see because here's the thing one thing there was one okay this is where i'm debating at there was one thing that a lot of people did not like but i did and i didn't have a part i didn't have a problem with it but there was one little thing that i didn't like in terms of the execution of it okay then there was another thing that I didn't like the entire thing. So fuck it. I'm going to go with that. All right. I mean, made my decision and I'm pretty sure this is not, this is not the first time that this person has been brought up, but I am so sick and tired of JBL. He has oh. to be, he has to be, he has to be my worst again. Will, I can't handle it. It's too annoying. <laughs> it's too annoying. Uh, the JBL promo, he came out here in Texas. And, you know, he's obviously on Raw. He's, you know, going to be loved in Texas. Like, bro, you're going to get cheered. He got cheered, right? Like, yay, JBL. That's right. He's you were the texting me about this while it was happening. I forgot about this. Uh... <laughs> you know, we got the... <laughs> We got the moo. We got it all, right? He comes out and he's getting a nice little round of applause. And then he's got to start this whole shit. And I get it. He's getting heat, Denise. Don't you know what he is? I know what he is. I'm not a moron. But God damn it. I cannot stand JBL's promo here. I just thought it rang. This to me felt like he was hiding behind a character but actually sharing his true feelings he's coming out here and talking about snowflakes and millennials and gen z's and entitled people and lazy people and this is a safe space and and this and that and there was just a lot of undertones whatever and we've seen this before we've seen this with uh dan lambert which everybody brought this up we've seen this with joe gacy we've seen this you know this is not nothing new but for me it's just like it's not working. I feel this is, I did not like this JBL Corbin pairing from the very beginning. Okay. And I said this, I think this is hurting Baron Corbin more than anything. It's not adding to him as a heel. It's not adding him to him as anything. In fact, I think it's taking away from Baron Corbin. So for me, I've gotten to the point where I like Baron Corbin just because I'm trying to save him from this. This is terrible. Um, I feel so bad for Corbin being stuck in this, but I'm maybe I'm sure he likes it. So I'm not going to speak for him. Um, but I just don't. I'm not a fan of it. I think it's hurting Corbin and it makes for it makes for go away heat for me. 
I'm sorry. Like, I feel like getting up each and every single time and just walking out of the room because I'm like, this is so crap. And here's the thing. I actually liked it when Dan Lambert was doing it. Like, I thought it was pretty funny. And I know a bunch of people hated it when Dan Lambert was doing it. I actually kind of found it a little funny at times. But so if you're going to do it, at least be funny about it. Um, obviously, it burns out kind of it, it got burnt out for Dan Lambert. But for the most part, I just I'm not a fan of this. This is, I think, the second or third time JBL has been in my worst of the week. Yeah, and this will probably be fairly consistent. Um, does this go back to the whole kicking Mexicans over the border thing? Have you just <laughs> I haven't got- even brought that up, bro. <laughs> you know, it's sad, but, like, this is really sad, okay? I will, like, And I don't know how to, like, explain this to you, but I think, like, back then, I remember when I saw that, my whole thing was, oh, they're actually saying, like, there's Mexicans on TV. Like, we had nobody to, like, even really connect with. So I was just like, oh, yay, there's Mexicans. And it was such a terrible thing. And as you grow up, you see how terrible it was. Um, but that's not even it. Like, I mean, it adds to it, right? But it's just, you know that this is not too far from what he may actually well, yeah, because I remember I had a problem with it at the time for almost the opposite reason of what you were saying there, right? Where, like, I thought that um, SmackDown had such a strong Latino presence at the time because, like, SmackDown had a really strong Latino audience. And I didn't realize that till the first time I went to a brand split SmackDown and I went to Raw the night before. SmackDown was taped on Tuesdays. Raw was on Monday. I went to Raw and um, I would say it was – more white audience right and then i go to smackdown the very next night and it was this heavy latino audience there were signs for Rey mysterio there were signs yes. for um you know is eddie guerrero everybody was into uh but the thing is um jbl they used that for heat and i thought even back then it was cheap and remember jbl tried like jbl has always been cheap heat you know the, the guy goose stepped in germany and literally got banned like it was bad shit. um and so I don't know. I, I agree with you in the sense that he's never been my cup of tea. I've never been on the JBL wagon. I thought that uh, I think there was one time period I was into JBL, and that was when he was a commentator from 06 till 07. And then he came back as a commentator in, I want to say, like 2013-ish. And I'm like, oh, he sucks. Uh, <laughs> what happened to the guy from like 06 and 07? Did he always suck? And so, like, I went back and I'm like, yeah, this wasn't that good either. And, like, I don't think he's a good commentator. I don't think he's – I don't know. I was never been into JBL, so I'm with you on the fact that this stuff doesn't hit for me either. Um, it's it's never my worst painful. because, luckily, something else always comes along that's just as bad. Um, we got some comments, um, some super chats on here. Let me bring them up. Let me just catch up. Uh, this one is from our BFF, Caden Cease, who says, daily reminder, I'm way younger than y'all. Hee <laughs> hee. Uh, thank younger. you so much, Caden. Look, as long as you're paying to say this, by all means, send as many as you want. <laughs> I will take it. If you're out here calling us old, I'm totally cool with that. As long as you're paying for it. Hey, the people work hard for their money. <laughs> I know. I, like, honestly, there are times when I'm bored and I just kick back and throw on some old wrestling. And now there are times where I'll pull up that same wrestling and go, this is older than Caden. <laughs> but this is stuff that I grew up with and it's great. And not even stuff that I grew up with. Stuff that I watched yeah. in like my teen years, adult years. And I'm like, this is 
older than Caden because I'm how many old years older than you am I? Sixteen. You're four years older than me. Yeah, uh, no, about sorry. sixteen years. Five. Uh, yeah, five years old. older than me. Yeah, that's right. Enjoy not being thirty-one yet. Um, but <laughs> oh, just you yeah, wait. Yeah, I got just, time. I got just, time. Don't just you wait me. till thirty-five hits and uh, I don't know. <laughs> No, William William says I'm older than both of you by a lot. I love it. I love it. You know what? We have no age discrimination here whatsoever. But I want to talk about this because Christopher brings this up. He says, I can't believe Denise gave Jarrett a pass. I already talked about that extensively on my podcast on Wednesday. Uh, I don't have a problem with Jeff Jarrett in AEW. I'm a Jeff Jarrett fan. And I know a lot that was I was in the minority on this one, guys, but I'm not going to bitch and complain about something that I didn't like. I'm not going to fake my I'm not going to fake my anger, right? Or my frustrations. I'm not going to do that. I was perfectly fine with it. If you didn't like it, more power to you, because that's how I feel about the JBL stuff. So I feel I, like I'm only going to bitch and complain about shit that I don't personally, personally, personally like, you know, I don't know where the the Jarrett stuff is heading. I think he could end up being good for business. I don't know how much uh, I want to see him on TV. Um, and cause I definitely have Jarrett PTSD. Look, planet Jarrett is still one of the worst things. Um, I can recall from TNA, uh, Jeff Jarrett in uh, his second WCW run, uh, is also considered one of the worst runs in the history of pro wrestling. And so, I, I, it's not that I'm unhappy seeing Jeff Jarrett because I think that, you know, he, he was really good for live event business in WWE and with AEW ramping up live events next year. I think he'll be a good thing behind the scenes. Um, if this is just going to be Jarrett and Lethal versus Sting and Darby, fine. Uh, you know, we just saw Jarrett and Lethal versus Ric Flair and Andrade. So it's not like it's not a thing that's still historically on people's minds. We'll see, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I hope that it doesn't go out bad. This is from Christopher who says, I don't have a problem with Jarrett helping backstage. I just don't want to see him on wrestling. Uh, I see him wrestling. I saw a lot of people share that also on Twitter. Um, and truthfully, it's just like, I feel like it could work. I hope it's not completely, I feel like it could work. Well, I'm feeling positive, okay? Now, hopefully in two, three weeks, I don't have egg on my face. Like, let's pray because I don't want to have to take this back because then I'm going to look like a fool. But... <laughs> I, for right now, am completely fine with it. Uh, I just saw somebody in the chat say that Braun responded to Will Ospreay. Ooh, bring it up. Bring it up. I don't even want to know. Live reaction. Live reaction. Live reaction. Let's go. Do I even want to know? Although I do agree that it was an overbooked segment. Hell yeah. Like, that's when they brought in Jeff. How they brought in Jeff Jarrett. That was a hella overbooked segment. Like, I hated the way that they brought Cole Carter in. I thought that was terrible. That was going to be on my worst of the week. That was the other pick that I was going to go with. I thought that was horrible. He said, I'm not mad at all, brother. Just love watching the IWC melt. Mad respect to high flyers. I just love firing up the internet. Was on a 10-hour flight. Made for good reading. LOL. He insulted his own co-workers. Now he's taking it back. He's taking it back. He's taking back what he said. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, Bro. I don't know about Ron anymore. Let's talk about our number one. Oh shit, uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I was so freaking like hyped up on this <laughs> that I forgot our own format of our own show. Well, All right, still... here, here we go. Uh, Will, what's your best, your first best pick of the week? Uh, look, we've been pretty harsh on Rampage the last few weeks, so I get to give Rampage some credit. 
because the opening match on Rampage this week was the best thing I saw all week. That's right, folks. Orange Cassidy took on Shibata. Look, I thought when we learned that it was going to be a dream match, I was thinking, oh, are they finally going to do the um, the Orange Cassidy um, versus, um, uh, what's his name? Why am I drawing a blank? Um, oh, Shibata? No, Wait, we, we I mean, not the Shibata match, but uh, either way. So, um, Sorry, I'm pulling up the picture here. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, but anyway, so Orange Cassidy versus Shibata was a complete banger it was uh orange cassidy has been on a mission this year and uh and that's it it was minoru suzuki why did i forget minoru suzuki uh the match that was supposed to happen at joey janelle's spring break 2020 um but either way orange cassidy taking on shibata was just <sighs> look orange cassidy like i said he's been on a mission this year and I've always been a fan of Orange Cassidy. But the transformation he's taken as a performer in 2022, where uh, the shtick kind of still exists, but it's very much in the background now of who he is as a performer, that he is going out there to just let us know who he is and what he does best. And in this case, it very much was in the background of this match. Um, Orange Cassidy went out there and had... I thought just a complete banger with Shibata. I thought that um, Shibata also had something to prove to the U.S. audience. I'm going to disagree with something you said about Mike Tyson. Go for it, man. I was expecting the worst from Mike Tyson here. Now, granted, fairly certain Mike Tyson was being fed lines by Tony Khan. You think he was? Because that's what a lot of people were saying, like, He's coming out here with some things that you wouldn't really be expecting Mike Tyson to say. And obviously Tony's in his ear, you know? I think he was fed some of that stuff. Doesn't matter. I think that uh, to the people who don't know that, Mike Tyson being such a high-profile person, everybody knows who Mike Tyson is. Uh, generations know who Mike Tyson is. And Mike Tyson's prime was almost 40 years ago. But regardless, people know Mike Tyson. And the thing about what Mike Tyson was able to do here is that there's a lot of, I think the U S TV audience, not familiar with who Shibata is, especially consider, especially if you only got into pro wrestling in the last five years, or you only know pro wrestling through AEW, or you only know a new Japan through AEW, all of that. Right. Um, I think having somebody of Mike Tyson's stature in who he is as a prolific boxer, and just an iconic name, period. And him coming in here and putting over Shibata, I think, did a uh, did wonders by telling the audience how important Shibata is and should be. And and I like the video package beforehand, them reminding us that, look, this guy hasn't gotten to compete on this level in years. We saw him earlier this year, um, and we also saw him at Forbidden Door, but that's really been about it. I thought this was an intense match with Orange Cassidy. I loved, um, look, I'm a big fan of no selling. I think that uh, no selling, and it's really this. It's that, like, I get why wrestling purists hate no selling. And when it's overdone, it can be detrimental. But in a real fight, if, you took 
the brunt of somebody's offense and you made a strong comeback from it and didn't sell any of it, nobody will look at a real fight and go, hey, you should have stayed down from that punch. <laughs> like people are going to look at a real fight and go, nah, man, you're a badass for coming back from that. And that's where I think that no selling can be extremely effective. And that's what I thought we got here every single time there was a no sell in the match. That's where the shit's effective. When it's done, when you see a move that's taking people down over and over and over, when he took that orange punch and got right back up, and that's a move that Orange Cassidy has finished matches with, no, that's supposed to tell you that Shibata is a badass. And I just, I got it through this match, and everything about this just continued to hit. And yet, by the end of it, I thought Orange Cassidy continued to look like the performer he's been looking like all this year with Will Ospreay and Pac and all of the matches uh, that Orange Cassidy's gotten to have this year. I think he, if he can continue to have defenses like this, he's going to put the All-Atlantic Championship on the map in a really big way. It's already feeling bigger than the TNT Championship, um, which I don't think people thought it was going to. But if he continues to do just this, this is going to do wonders for both that belt and I think changing the perception of Orange Cassidy. I think it's going to take a lot to win people over because I know people still say, oh, he's just the mascot. Oh, he's just a comedy act. Um, I even like the way that Shibata used the the kicks against him to get under Orange Cassidy's skin. And you could see Orange Cassidy getting annoyed. The sit-down spot with the two of them, and Orange Cassidy is trying to get him to hit me, hit me. And Orange Cassidy starts mocking him by doing the, the, the slow slaps. And then he fucking does. Um, great stuff. I've watched this match about three times since it aired on Friday. And uh, I watched it again this morning to be sure it was my number one. This is great. I stuff. love how you're like, I got to make sure that this is number one for me. Like, I got to yeah, make I mean, sure. Because I wanted to be sure that I liked it yeah. more than Gunther versus um, versus Ray, because that could have been my number one easily. But uh, I think it was just I, like different circumstances, though, because circumstances. again, like, you know, you weren't expecting to see Shibata wrestling on AEW or wrestling. And then on top of that, against Orange Cassidy. And then with of all people, Mike Tyson on commentary, like, really, I put, I tweeted this out, like, who the hell has that on their bucket list? Yeah, like, no, no, are you kidding me? None of this makes any sense, even it being a live rampage in um in atlantic city no this makes any sense but uh at the end of the day this was great i thought everything about this from top to bottom um i almost didn't think mike tyson was too much of a distraction if anything i thought he was adding legitimacy to the match in a way where people might not have known who a lot of these people were i liked i laughed my ass off with mike tyson calling an sto but he was like seven seconds late on it and so i'm like oh he totally was fed that line where he was like that that was an STO. It's an STO. And I'm like, yeah, it was. You're Mike Tyson impersonation. <laughs> Look, I've spent a lot of time watching Mike Tyson over the years. Give us an impersonation, a longer one. Give us a no, sentence. I, I can't. I, Just say uh, subscribe to after the subscribe to Denise's YouTube channel, but with Mike Tyson's Mike Tyson's accent voice. Su subscribe to Denise's uh, YouTube channel. Uh, eat your face. Um, so <laughs> You have to you have to sweeten it. Uh, but anyway, so um no, I, I subscribe to Denise. No, I, how can I do it? Am I did am I getting it? Eh, not subscribe quite. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm trying to make the face like really get into it, but I can't. Oh man, that was great. I'm gonna have to clip that out. Oh man.
continue on sorry no I, I mean that's it that's all i have what's your number one denise or better yet, by the what way are your... i really apologize for laughing so lug so ugly on the audio like sometimes ugly laughs just come out because you know they just come out <laughs> okay <laughs> so i apologize for my ugly laugh uh cadency sends in a super chat saying roman logan is my match of the year so definitely number one this week well i already ranked it as my number two uh so i'll be bringing up my number one but i think for a lot of people though a lot of people did consider this a match of the night or match of the year or whatever their situation was. Um, I, I think match of the year to me, is too strong. It's too much. I, I, I don't even think it would be top 10 for me just cause I've seen so much, but cool, 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 cool. Thank you, Caden. Um, all right. So now uh, let's go ahead and get into my number one. I think my number one is honestly, I think a lot of people might even be able to guess my number one and it Can is, I guess? Yeah, go for it. Then I'll bring. Is hold on, it... hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, go. Okay. Again, probably from a show I haven't seen. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So it's been a thing that's number one before. So I'm gonna guess because she just delivers whenever uh, the opportunity is in front of her. It is last woman standing Bianca Belair versus Bailey. Okay. <laughs> what is, is this? <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, now I know that you know I know your reasons for not watching Crown Jewel, but if you were to just watch one match and if this picture we just got your I just realized because you hadn't seen the match, you didn't know about this. No, this oh is my a god, legit reaction. I have no idea what's happening here. Okay. But so this is amazing. During this spot here, we actually had Bailey. She brought on this golf cart onto the stage and she was driving it pretty slow. And it looked like Bianca was almost gonna like run to the top of it, but instead she like kicked her out. And there's a moment where both girls are fighting on the stage on top of the golf cart and they're like wailing at each other. But then afterwards, Bianca, Bailey stays on the top, Bianca gets in the car, and she drives that shit full speed down the freaking ramp. And you think that she's um both sean and i thought that she was just gonna like crash into the ring and have bailey freaking go flying or something but no instead uh they she ended up trying to put her through a table but it didn't work because it kind of did well it looked brutal because when bailey landed on the table uh she only kind of landed on it like she her her whole body didn't actually break the table so you just see like this horrible like you see the indent the the indentation on the uh on the actual table, but it doesn't actually break. It just kind of has like a fold there for a bit. So this was my number one and it was my number one for a variety of reasons. And that is that um, this was a creative match. It was so good. They had a lot of great spots. One of them, including obviously this golf cart thing. Uh, there was a six thirty from Bianca to the to a pile of chairs because uh, Bailey moved out of the way. There was a moment where Bailey trapped her uh, from on the ring apron with the use of the steel uh, the steel steps. Uh, that was really good too. There was a moment where um, she put her in a trunk. On the stage, Will, she locked Bianca in the trunk. And for a second, I thought that was going to be the end of the match. And then I also thought she was going to, like, shove Bianca off the stage with the trunk. I'm like, bro, she's going to kill her right now. This is crazy, right? She didn't do that. But then there was also uh, Bianca's hair got, like, a little piece of it, like, this much, got freaking stuck in the trunk. Oh, my God. I had, like, a mini panic attack because you knew that wasn't supposed to happen. And I'm like, bro, if they even move that trunk just a little bit too much, that is going to be incredibly painful for Bianca. Um, So there was that. 
um, the finish, she trapped her in between the ladder and then she put the ladder underneath the bottom rope on the corner of the ring. So the ropes were holding down the top of the ladder. So she, so Bailey couldn't get out. And so Bailey was like, half out and half in like her legs were like really trapped underneath that ladder and so she couldn't actually get out and so she got you know she 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 was not the last woman standing um so this was freaking great for a variety of reasons which of some of which i've named but i also think there was a lot of great undertones in this and this circles back to saudi arabia but the fact that again i know some people think that roman and logan paul was match of the night but this to me was match of the night and i feel that having match of the night for the two women on a show like this kind of just speaks a little louder, you know? And also, I don't know, and I said this uh, like on the Fightful Post show and I don't know how like, but I remember them saying that women in Saudi Arabia like were just barely able to like drive like not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And you have an image of two women coming out there and driving a golf cart. One <laughs> of which is Bianca freaking going all crazy with the freaking golf cart shooting down the ramp with another woman on top. And afterwards, oh man, I felt so much pride afterwards because afterwards, I want somebody to take that image and make like a graphic of um, like progress in Saudi Arabia. And it's like, look, women can drive in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> but it's that image and it was great because afterwards you just see everybody like standing up and applauding and everybody's having a grand old time and i'm like yes two women did that mm, you know so i love this this was great man and i wasn't even really looking forward to the match because i'm like all right we just saw it like on raw we just saw it on the pay-per-view i wasn't really even looking to i knew it was gonna be good but you know it wasn't fresh but damn, they went all out, man. Respect, man. Bianca is doing some other level shit. Uh, Bailey is just a great opponent for her and great at what she does. They are both awesome. I love them. I love both. I loved everything. I don't know. What you know it's weird. It's my best it of the week. Uh, you know, all of the rumors going around is that Bianca's WrestleMania opponent is probably going to be Charlotte Flair. And like, call me crazy, but this year that Bianca's having feels so beyond Charlotte Flair at this stage that like that almost feels like a step back for her because she's doing so much. And that's not a knock on Charlotte. Well, no, as a and, I mean, it just... not, it's also like, come on, she did, you know, her and Sasha Banks, you know, they made history with them. Uh, it, I almost like if Sasha Banks, if Sasha Banks comes back, I would actually like to see Bianca Sasha again. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a, a lot more that can be done. Who do you um, think could be then who would be like a big deal opponent? I don't know. I, I, I guess, like I said, I, I get why Charlotte would be it. I mean, honestly, I still don't think there should be two women's titles at this stage. I'd merge them, like, soon. Um, like, WrestleMania would be the time I'd do that for the women and give them that kind of big Brock Roman-type match. Uh, that's what I would do, personally, because I think it's a mistake having two right now. And the reason I think it's a mistake having two people is because uh, everything else has one. And so at this stage now, it feels to me like you have half a women's championship on each brand because your world tag team titles are one, your world men's world title is one, but then you're saying that these other two have to, I don't know, it feels like lesser at this stage because of the fact that everything else is merged and the women haven't gotten to yet. I think there should only be one women's champion and Bianca already feels like the women's, the world women's champion anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I Like I said, I think I'm glad people got enjoyment out of Crown Jewel. It, it wasn't for any type of performance reasons why I, I didn't watch it. Um, and hell, I even gave predictions on Grapsity. And my predictions, by the way, were what? I was two for eight. Or no, I was six for eight. 
Uh, I got two wrong, and the two I got wrong, I thought this was going to be Bailey's night because I because what I said was if it's not Bailey's night, she's not going to have a night. Yeah. yeah, I said she's not going to have a night. And then the other one I got wrong was uh, – what other one did I get wrong? I'm looking at the results. Bobby, here. Brock. Um, let me see. No, I knew Bo- uh, Brock Oh, OC and Judgment Day. Yeah, that was the other one I got yeah, wrong. I thought okay. for sure OC was going to win that one, and they didn't. So – Everything else I was right on. I knew Damage Control was going to get the belts back. Um, that that felt to me like doing it right before the pay-per-view was like, okay, this is one of those we need a title change on the show type things. And so let's change it on Raw so we can change it back on the pay-per-view. They've done that before. I knew they were going to do it again. Uh, we got, but... I'm sorry, Will. No, go ahead. Oh. I don't have anything else. Okay, we got a super chat here from Devil Kazuya twenty seven who says, "How's Double J? Not everyone's number one. Ain't he great?" Question mark, bro. This has had the wrestling community, I feel like, torn, man. Because you know, I put out a I put out a question asking everybody how they felt about it, and the majority I would say were like against it, and then there was a very small minority that were like, "Oh, okay, we're fine. We'll wait and see, etc." But I will definitely say this one has people uh, shooketh. Uh, thank you so much to Devil Kazuya27 for sending in this super chat. Um, so we have actually gotten into the end of the show. Um, before we wrap things up, guys, I just want to let you know, this was your first time watching after the week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Really, uh, Will and I have just started doing the show. It's only been like a couple of shows now. And we have been so happy with a lot of the feedback that we've been getting. Also, if you're new to the channel, um, thank you so much for even giving the channel a chance and for subscribing. Uh, I just hit 75. 5,000 subscribers so please make sure you guys subscribe and will and i will be back here each and every sunday for this after the week podcast and on top of that um there's just a bunch of content going out throughout the entire week a lot of different stuff so please make sure you subscribe and have a good time here on the channel last but not least i do want to go ahead and pull up uh last week i said that if you guys tweet us uh and just you know send some nice comments i do want to make sure to give highlight somebody on every show uh we actually had a nice comment from uh let me pull it up here um, from Bateman's uh, Bateman seventy seven, who's at Matthew seven seven three five three six two two on Twitter, and he says, "Hey uh, Denise Alcedo, I just watched your podcast with Will, and I wanted to say you're the best person in wrestling podcast. Keep up the great work. You're doing great. I appreciate your personality and opinions. Thank you so much. Um, thank you so much for sending this kind comment and for also checking out the podcast uh, here with Will and I. I seriously appreciate that. Will, please let the people know where they can support you, where they can find you." Uh, my Twitter handle for as long as Twitter's a thing. Uh, but uh, I am William RBR. Um, I'm also on Instagram, William RBR. I'm posting a lot more to my Instagram lately. Um, I got to get on my, my game on Instagram again. Got to get on that Denise Salcedo level. Um, and uh, also, you can catch my podcasts. I host Grapsity and Ask Grapsity over at Fightful. And I also host Day After Dynamite every Thursday. That's that show is very much a forbidden door of guests um, in that we I try to interact with everybody I can from anywhere uh, and getting them in on Day After Dynamite. So check that out. It's always a fun show, especially when there's information, scoops, stories, anything along those lines. I had some details about some of the backstage reaction to uh, Colt Cabana showing up in AEW this week. So definitely check out Day After Dynamite every Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for watching. Do not forget to subscribe and we will see you guys all next.